listening to Pet Candy. This show is brought to you by Brave Paws Anxiety and Stress Support Chewables for Dogs, Thunderstorms, Vet Visits, Fireworks, Separation Anxiety, and more. Every day can be a Brave Paws day. Check out mybravepaws.com. For the sound check today, I'll be eating some M&Ms. And I'll be tapping on the table. Fantastic. For Orville's girth. <laughs> that was a good time to start recording. All I caught was it's not big enough for Orville's girth. <laughs> Orville Redenbacher. Yeah. The popcorn god. The popcorn god. Yeah. The king of popcorn. Welcome to our new show, Obsessed, a show where we talk about whatever it is we're currently obsessed with. I'm Caitlin Palmer. I'm Clay. And we're Obsessed. obsessed. Hey, everybody. I hope your day is better than mine because my brain is made entirely of shrimp. (laughs) Well, we're already further than we made it in our last day. Yeah, this is like our third time restarting (laughs) because I just tripped over all my words and it just turned into a long run on sentence of expletives. And Clay's like, you should have left it. I'm like, it would just be beep. So we didn't. (laughs) It would have been pretty good. It would have been kind of funny. but I laughed. He did. It was, I made, I made Clay laugh. My life is complete. So it is October and we all know that means spooky season and Halloween and fall and candles and Ugg boots and pumpkin spice lattes. (laughs) Oh my. But October is also breast cancer awareness month. So all my ladies. Way to bring down the room. No, all my ladies, make sure you get those titties checked out. And for all my vet friends, um, I'm not going to say ages because it's very controversial. Getting your female dog spayed is going to help decrease those chances of breast cancer because animals get breast cancer. So let's take care of them titties and them pitties. You mean pit bulls, I guess? Yeah. A local (laughs) rescue in town here where we live is doing a pits for tits. (laughs) October special, and it's really cute. That's fantastic. It's amazing. It being Halloween, as you could tell from the last episode, we've got a theme going on here. We're doing some very classic sort of... Classic spook. Some classic spookies, much like today's subject, which I will not say yet. I will read you a small story first. Oh, you wrote a story. Everyone gather around, grab your squishmallows. The people are terrified. There is a beast that stalks these streets during the night. They say it looks no different than a man, at least not from afar. But how could something so terrible be anything other than a hideous monster? Our small town has neither the resources nor enough willing men capable of rooting out this threat. It prowls our village in the dead of night. It waits for unsuspecting prey to leap upon them and draw from them their essence. It has left drained corpses in its wake. Twisted faces, frozen in pain, decorate their dry, empty bodies. No one dares to go out at night. Not until the first rays of morning kiss the opposite end of town. Two days went by without death. 
But then, a knock came to my door long since the light has left us. A tall, bloated man, dressed in dirty rags, stood before me. Not a man from around here. Somewhere west of here. England, I think. He reeked of old dirt, but more than that, there was a stench of dirty metal. It sat upon my tongue, like uh, licking the end of a freshly hammered nail. His eyes stared through me to the floor behind. His eyes never meeting mine. Even still, he opened his mouth and asked me if he might come in from the cold. He was polite. There was almost a kindness in his voice, and perhaps for a second I considered his request. But then I smelled his breath. It wafted over on a cloud so thick I could almost feel it against my face. Like rotting meat and that damned metal smell. The smell of old blood. Shocked to my senses, I declined his request and told him to leave my home. For the first time, his eyes met mine and there was nothing but rage. He howled in anger, demanding I let him in. He roared and clutched at my doorway. But for all his bulk and might, he did not pass into my home. He could have. There was nothing to stop him. I certainly could not have impeded his path if I tried. I slammed my door and locked it, and for the rest of the night he crawled and banged at the walls of my home, bellowing to be let in. At one point, I heard him on my roof and the gentle tapping of my window, begging to come in. He continued until sunrise when it suddenly stopped. Oh, I can hear him at night knocking on each door in the village, quietly begging to come in. <sighs> no one has died since we stopped coming out at night. I think he is getting desperate now, hungry. Perhaps we will starve him, if a thing such as that can be starved. If you hear a knock on your door after a sunset, Whatever you do, do not let him in. He is no man. He is dead. He is Strigoi. good first of all i don't let anybody in whether it's day or night <laughs> your girl is not home anytime there's a knock at the door a strigoi is just one of many vampiric creatures particularly one from romania that haunts its living family members and neighbors we interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast for these messages <laughs> we'll be right back with more pet candy Hi, I want to tell you about my new show, Simply Pets with Shannon Gregoire. We talk about pets, 
life, love, and everything in between with the coolest people on the planet. Don't miss out on the fun. Check it out on a podcast platform of your choice. Uh, Before we covered the chupacabras, another vampiric creature, though thought less of as a vampire and more of an animal, vampiric, the word, uh, being a creature that feeds on the essence of another creature, sometimes spiritual, but in many cases, blood. People have been infatuated with the idea of vampires for the last 200 years. Vampires, or at least something very similar, appears in many cultures all over the globe. In European folklore, vampires are typically undead entities that prey on humans, feeding upon their blood, and in some cases, creating new vampires this way. They were described as bloated and ruddy, which seems directly opposite to what people today imagine when hearing the term vampire. Yeah, vampires now are, they're they're like erotic, sexy people. Beautiful, elegant. Sparkly bitches. (laughs) Sparkly, (laughs) if you're a fan of Twilight. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) No, you can stay. Uh, In fact, the suave, polite, and charismatic vampire we are familiar with didn't come around until 1819 with John Polidorus the Vampire. Spelled with a Y. This was... V-A-M-P-Y-R-E? Yes. A vampire? (laughs) A vampire. This was solidified by the release of two more novels in 1872 and 1897, Carmilla and Dracula. Ooh, that's a good book, too. These two would be the building blocks for what we think of today as vampires. Fun fact, you can read Dracula for free because it's in the uh, public domain, domain now. Yeah, so you can like download I guess it for so free too then would be Carmilla. Probably. If you're a fan of the Castlevania Netflix series, you yes. might recognize the name as mm. that is the name of one of the head vampires. Oh my gosh, I did think it sounded familiar. Also, how good was Castlevania? Very good. Vampires are also known to turn into animals. Mm-hmm. The most commonly depicted being the bat. Although usually it's not a vampire bat like you think it would be. Uh, those are very small. They are so tiny. They're cute little little flying rats. Oh, uh, rats. But they could also turn into wolves and owls. Mm. Anything that was considered a creature of the night. Ooh. The term vampire itself came about from Western Europe in the late 18th century. After a bout of mass hysteria broke out around vampires that led to many people being falsely accused of being vampires and many more corpses being staked through the chest. Ouch! Uh, So much like the Salem Witch Trials we covered last time, there was just this mob mentality that built where people insisted vampires were were assaulting their towns. Well, I guess the end was more swift for a vampire, at least. (laughs) Vampires have had a strange list of various weaknesses which truly shows off their reach into other cultures, as each culture has added something new to the list with their own brand of vampire mythologies. Uh, Probably the most common that you'd go to would be sunlight and the sign of the cross. The only way to truly stop a vampire being a wooden stake, preferably blessed by an ordained minister, driven into the creature's heart. Does it have to be a certain kind of wood? Doesn't have to be. There were preferred woods, uh, particularly they preferred ash wood, mm-hmm. since that is what was said that Jesus was crucified upon. Oh. So it was considered more holy, but ultimately any wood would right. work. I mean, this is almost a required scene in any vampire media, right? Yeah, Maybe stake through the heart. The, the brave hunter sneaking up on a sleeping vampire in his coffin and killing him in his slumber. Yeah, it's so brave to kill people when they're <laughs> asleep. <laughs> That's 
so brave. Yeah, you know, when the, the brave Van Helsing type stabs a vampire right. in the chest. And he's like, bro, I was trying to sleep. Not <laughs> I was cool. going to call you later. <laughs> Not cool, bro. Though some other cultures insisted on staking the vampire through the mouth, like through the back of the head, uh-huh. uh, or through the stomach, or even decapitating the creature mm. altogether. Uh, sunlight is said to either completely destroy a vampire, causing them to combust or turn to ash, or simply to weaken them to a point of mortality. This is actually not included in all vampire mythologies, but in the ones that isn't, it's still most common for a vampire to be most active during the night. Uh, Just kind of a common trait for any spooky thing is that it comes out at night when people feel the most vulnerable. Most people are in the home, so you have this feelingness of, like, alone, can't see very well in the dark, so you feel more vulnerable. Yeah, and there's kind of this whole, like, you're not supposed to go outside at night, like we've just been taught, I guess, since we were children. I used to love going outside to play at night. I'd sneak out and go play with my dog. Garlic is a common weakness, but I can't really find a reason why. Huh. Well, people stay away from me when I, I eat a lot of garlic. So <laughs> yeah, maybe so maybe that's what it, is the stench that garlic gives off. Maybe someone was like making fun of their spouse and they're like, if you were a vampire, I wouldn't come near you. Or if I was a vampire, <laughs> I wouldn't even come near you because you stink. You smell like garlic. You smell like garlic. Garlic just seems to have been some sort of like warding item. Uh, a branch of rose or hawthorn is said to bring them pain. And sprinkling mustard seeds on a roof will protect your home from vampires. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, just kind of weird nonsense things that don't seem to have any sort of basis. All right. Uh, holy water, crucifixes, and the like repel evil. And in a vampire's case, that seems to work. It's even said that a vampire cannot set foot on hollowed ground. So, you know, no evening mass for Count Dracul. Oh, man. Or cemeteries. Neither can witches. Witches aren't supposed to be able to set foot on holy ground. Doesn't that make you feel safe? It does. Why Uh, do I burn every time I go to holy ground? Mirrors are said to work, but not necessarily as a repellent, but rather as a way of identifying vampires. Because they don't have a reflection. I forgot about that until literally just now. By placing one facing your door, a vampire is less likely to come to your home in fear of being easily discovered. Uh, This is because most mirrors back in the day were made with a silver backing. Silver being a pure and often holy metal repels impurities, and as such, it will not display a vampire's reflection, for they are impure beings. It's also said that vampires do not cast a shadow. This is taken from the idea that they're somehow soulless. Never thought about it, because they're usually out at night, you don't have a whole lot of a shadow at night anyway. That might be one one of the reasons why they don't come out during the sunlight if we're looking at the mythologies where they don't immediately die. Right. (laughs) Because they don't want to be discovered. Somebody would notice that. That or turn to stone. This was most common in most iterations of vampires, except for the Greek Virkalakas, which casted both reflection and shadow. Other traditions held that if you are to eat bread baked with the blood of a vampire, it, it would grant you protection. This might sound absurd, but back in the day, people were paid as sin eaters. Usually poor people that were not liked, but families would pay them to come in and eat the bread the family had left atop the fresh corpse of a loved one the night before. The idea being that the bread would work almost like a filter or a sponge that would trap the deceased's sin within. So long as somebody took that sin into themselves, the soul could move on. If you were poor, being a sin eater wasn't a bad gig. You know, free bread and you get paid. That's so sad, though. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Can you imagine being like, hey, I hate you. You stink. 
Please would eat you, this nasty bread. Would you eat this dead bread? <laughs> please eat my nasty, nasty bread. Please eat my nasty, nasty bread. <laughs> that I left on my, my uncle's chest. Oh, yeah. No, good. <laughs> well, it's no more gross than like the stupid witch piss cakes that they fed That's the true, the witch piss. <laughs> the witch piss cake. Can we name our, rename our podcast Witch Piss? Witch Piss. <laughs> Welcome to Witch Piss. <laughs> Uh, there are also ways to prevent a vampire from even forming. Bearing one upside down was the most preferred method. The awakened vampire would think it was digging to its freedom while it was actually burying itself deeper. Oh, I uh, love how stupid they that, are. <laughs> you big dumb vampires. Dummy. It's like, oh, the, <laughs> the dirt's not falling on my face, but I guess I'll keep going. Hey, Le- vampire, you want to eat this dead bread? <laughs> Trick him into eating in his own wonder what would happen then. Hmm. Uh, they turned back into a human. That's, that's the antidote to vampirism. This is why I couldn't exist back then, because I would have asked these questions. They'd be like, oh, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, leaving worldly possessions by the grave would keep the spirit satisfied and make it less willing to rise from the grave. And severing the legs or the tendons in said legs also worked for reasons I'm sure you can guess. I guess you can't chase someone if you don't got an Achilles tendon. So and it was like, oh boy, I'm a vampire. Time for me to go kill. Oh, oh man. Oh man. Why is there bread on my chest? <laughs> At least someone cared. Oh. Uh, something I found interesting is a lot like Fey folk, early iterations of vampires would be compelled to count things. So leaving a bag of seeds or sand by the grave would make the vampires stop and count each grain first. This was especially true with Strigoi and Indo-Chinese vampires who were more like evil spirits than corporeal undead. Well, now you know how to stop a vampire. Okay, I'm ready. I've got an arsenal. But now how do you find one? I don't know. Go to New Orleans. First, you're gonna need a virgin boy. You put that virgin boy on a virgin stallion. Okay. The stallion should be either black or white, depending if you are in Albania or not. Set the two loose in a graveyard, and if everything was done correctly, the horse will approach the grave of the vampire. Is the boy riding on the horse? I, <laughs> yes. Okay, and you just like turn it loose? You just turn it loose, let them let them do what they want. Is it saddled? Not specified, but I would okay. assume you shouldn't have a saddle, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it messes with the energy. This sounds really dangerous. I don't know why this works or what the idea is behind it. Oh, that's our sponsor. Got to go check that. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Have an anxious pet? Brave Paws may help. Brave Paws Anxiety and Stress Support Chewables may promote calm behavior in dogs who exhibit nervousness and anxious behavior. Our clinically studied and patented botanical blend contains naturally occurring bioactives, which have been found to promote a sense of calm and relaxation in dogs. What's even better is it's fast acting and non-drowsy. Come get it today at mybravepaws.com. So now that you've found the vampire's grave, you need to make sure you're dealing with a vampire here. So you're going to be looking for a couple of things. Uh, If holes have appeared over the fresh grave, you got the right place. Okay. Uh, If you open it up and the coffin wasn't nailed shut, the corpse looked healthier than it should, or had blood around its mouth, you got a vampire. So stake that bad boy, or if you're in Germany, cut off its head and put it between its ass cheeks. Put a clove of garlic or lemon uh, or a lemon slice in its mouth and then bury him back up. No more vampire problem. Oh, cool. That's all you gotta do. 
Yep. Well, how do you know if you have a vampire problem in the first place? Hmm. I know we're really starting at the end here and working up, but if you're unsure if you have a vampire problem, there's a couple of things you can look for. If your cattle or the cattle of someone you know dies, if a relative or someone your relative knows dies, if rocks keep getting thrown on your roof, or if a vase falls off of a table. Oh no. You got a vampire infestation. We all have vampires, guys. Sorry this, to be the one to do This you. is the only time when any of these things will happen and only when these things happen. Mm. That's science fact. Every death has resulted in a vampire. <laughs> because by this logic, there's no way that a vampire could not form. We are all so screwed. It's like someone you know or someone you knows knows has died. Yeah. And if you have heard about someone dying, a vampire has popped out of them. So there's a few stories dating back to the 12th century that could be taken for vampirism. But it was, you know, often attributed to evil spirits. Demons were pretty much the only thing that were actually stated to drink blood, but even the word demon has some sort of liberal uses. I mean, any creature or malevolent thing you see, you would call a demon. It's a little blurred there. You don't really... Right, and the Japanese version of a demon is very different than the Western version yeah, of a demon. Yeah, it, there's it's a lot of different versions a, of demon. Yeah. The Age of Enlightenment was a period of time in which uh, interest in scholarly works increased dramatically. During this time, much of mythology and folklorism was stamped out. But in 1721, in East Prussia, an outbreak of alleged vampire attacks were reported. This continued for years and began to increase in frequency and intensity. Two cases involving two Serbian men are the most popular. Milos Sekar was a retired soldier who took to farming. He was supposedly attacked by a vampire years prior, but seemed to suffer no ill effects. After he died years later, people began to die mysteriously in the surrounding area. People believed Milos had come back to slay his neighbors as a vampire. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I can't think of any other reason anybody would die in the 1800s. The second man, Peter Blagojevic, died at the age of 62. After his death, he was said to visit his son, asking for food. His son refused and was found dead the following day. Ungrateful. Many more residents would be found dead, having died from a mysterious blood loss. The thing with these cases is that both of them were very well documented, where officials had written extensive notes and examined the bodies, even writing books about the incidents. Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive for that time. This would uh, create something known as the 18th century vampire controversy, and it would continue for decades. More and more reported vampire attacks would appear. Villagers would begin digging up and staking corpses en masse, and this would only come to a close when Empress Maria Theresa sent her personal physician to examine the bodies. He returned and denied any evidence of vampirism, leading Austria's empress to pass laws prohibiting the opening of graves and the desecration of the bodies therein. Many other leaders would follow suit, and the vampire craze was essentially over. At least the fanaticism. They would continue to be a huge part of many mythologies and would see a resurgence in popularity thanks to the novels Camilla and Count Dracula. Uh, recently, you know, in the last 20 years, there's also been another resurgence uh, after a period of uh, a lull. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we had things like Twilight. We had Vampire Diaries. We got... The Strain, a book and TV show. That's a good TV show. Which actually focuses on Strigoi. So. Yes. When you said Strigoi, I was like, ooh. Yeah, right. I love that word. Such Strigoi. a good word. That's a good ass word. You got word. Interview with the Vampire. Ooh, that's a good book. Cult classic Morbius just came out. Uh-huh. 
Lots of vampire shit. Yeah. People love vampires. Vampires are really cool. Buffy. Buffy. Uh, Underworld. Lots of, <laughs> lots of things about vampires. They've been very popular in the last 20 years, to say the least. I'd say probably almost as popular as they've ever been. Mm-hmm. I mean, we aren't exactly digging up bodies and staking corpses through the chest. That's true. But, you know, one thing about the bodies, when a person dies, they leak. They leak. You're going to have blood around the mouth and in the right. nose. And- uh, they're also going to bloat, yes. uh, typically, from all the gases that build up. And this is what sort of led to people, sort of gave them the idea, or at least it was thought of, gave them the idea that these creatures were leaving mm-hmm. their uh, leaving their coffins and going to feed on humans. Because they had really the blood, big, they were yeah. distended like they were, you know, good and full, had a big, nice meal. Uh, and usually those bodies were early decomp, so the soil would still be fresh. They would be recently buried. Yeah. Another thing that kind of came about from this is people started, like, really nailing coffins shut. Yeah. Like, you can still find in some cemeteries there will be graves that have bars over them. So even if they rise, they can't get out. Yeah. Sometimes they would be buried with sharp instruments inside of their coffin so that when they would bloat, it would poke them Mm -hmm. and deflate them. The idea of believing that that would keep them from becoming a vampire. There's also like a weird thing about shooting a gun through the coffin and somehow that would keep a vampire from forming. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Not necessarily shooting the corpse, but shooting through the coffin somehow prevented a vampire. I'm not sure behind the reasoning on that one either. That's interesting. I've never heard that. <laughs> it seems like a very sort of redneck way of solving yeah. it. He's like, that'll keep him dead. <laughs> <laughs> What's dead should stay dead. Did you ever, in your research, did you ever find out why they need permission to come inside? No, but a lot of belief was around them being evil spirits or at least evil spirits that were possessing a body. Mm -hmm. So they seem to follow a lot of the rules that fey folk uh, in that sense, that they're these otherworldly beings and they have these different rules that they have to follow in our world. Right. Uh, Like I said, the Indo-Chinese vampires, if you've never seen a picture of like a Chinese vampire. Scary. It's pretty spooky. We'll have to post them on the Insta. Uh, You know, plus... People would look at the fact that, like, people's hair would continue to grow, their nails would continue to grow, and it gave a very monstrous visage. Right. Well, it doesn't continue to grow. What happens is the skin retracts as it drops. And it appears to have gone rather, yeah. With your hair. So that made people think that they were, like, transforming into these. Sure. Oh, I can can see it, like, pretending I'm back from the 1800s, I mean, or 1700s, however the hell long ago it was. Not understanding that? Yeah, it does look like, hey, this body's still doing shit. And it stinks, and it's got a full belly. That's because I got a full beard. I got a full beard! So vampires appear in a lot of other things. Maybe not necessarily by the name vampire, like Strigoi or uh, Strix. They've been referred to by many things. Uh, It's believed that the Old Norse Draugr were considered vampires. Draugr. Or Draugr. Vampiric beings were even kind of written about in Jewish literature. The 16th century rabbi, David ben Solomon, uh, he has more name here that I can't pronounce. <laughs> David Ben Solomon Ibn Abi Zimra. Sounds good to me. Sounds pretty cool. It does. Uh, but he wrote and uh, wrote of an uncharitable old woman whose body was unguarded and unburied for three days after she died, where evil spirits possessed her corpse and caused it to rise from the sort of disrespect shown to the body. Sure. Sounds like she was a disrespectful bitch. 
bitch. <laughs> well, I mean, uncharitable old woman. It seems like a way of calling someone an old bitch without, you know, them having anything to actually say that right, they did. Right, right. That's like how you would have to notate in a chart when a client is rude. <laughs> yeah. But for real, though, everybody, can we just talk about how great Brave Paws is? We got a free sample. We did. We're going to be completely transparent with you. We did. We got some free stuff, and it works. Yeah, I was a little surprised. Like, I'm not going to lie. You get this stuff, and it's doesn't really seem like a typical pet treat, right? Right. But we gave it to our pets, and they gobbled them right up. They do. <laughs> they do. And it's nice because it's like you give so many pills per pound. So you don't have to buy like three different sizes. You know, our little guy gets a half of one. Our big one gets three. Right. And he loves it. He takes them like a treat. Now being plant-based, you're kind of like, ooh, are they going to like it? Right. That's what I'm saying. It's it's like, it's dry and sort of leafy. And it, like I said, it just doesn't, normally when you get a pet treat, it's kind of like moist and squishy. Mm -hmm. But you know, they don't usually eat those, I found. Well, that's because ours are extremely picky, which is why it was so surprising they ate these. Exactly. All... and we we got we got more than one dog. We're gonna be for real with y'all. But uh they eat it and they eat it well. Yeah, and it worked. It does. We live in the deep south, aka Satan's armpit, and it storms and rains at least once a week. Like at least once a week we're under some kind of watch. Like a hurricane watch, that's a Tuesday. And our dogs are weenies, so when it starts like with the lightning and the rain and everything, mm-hmm. they freak out. So they do. They do. We, we really put these to the test. Right. And I did not think that they would work like they did. Exactly. As well as they do. And this is a non-prescription. You don't have to go to the vet and get it. It's not going to knock them out. It's not a sedative. It's just a calming support. And it does. We had lightning hit very close to our house. Within a mile. It rattled yeah. our windows. It was scary. I was even scared. I love bad weather. And we gave everybody their happy pills and (laughs) they put their brave paws on and everybody laid down and went to sleep and it was fun. Yeah. So like we don't have to do this part of the commercial, right? Like we've done the ad read and we've goofed around, but like this is, we wouldn't lie to you. We would at least not not record this part if, if it didn't work and we didn't actually Exactly. And we're both in the animal industry and we have been for years and years. So we would not tell you about a product if we did not believe in it ourselves. Yeah, it absolutely worked for us. So maybe it'll work for you. Go check it out. Mybravepaws.com. Go put your brave paws on. Brave paws. Give your pet the courage they need to weather the storm. Probably not in this episode, but in... More episodes in the future, we will talk about some notable vampires Ooh. or people who are believed, such as Hure Grando, who is seen as having been the first vampire who died in 1656. Uh, we'll also talk about Elizabeth Battery. Ooh, love her. Right. And Vlad the Impaler. Oh, he's awful too, but so interesting. Right. Uh, they've got stories all on their own. It'll take they, me a while. They to... honestly could. We could do a Elizabeth Bathory, uh, Vlad the Impaler. Ooh, let's do that. You do Vlad the Impaler, I'll do Elizabeth Bathory. Okay. I was going to do like a whole thing on all three of them. Oh, um, hell yeah, you do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned that vampires appear in many different cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's just a list. We may not necessarily talk about these individually in the future, uh, but I should list these creatures and their wide reach. So, for instance, we have Africa. In Western Africa, there is what's described as the iron-toothed and tree-dwelling Asabasum. 
and the Adzi that both the Ashanti people and the Iwe people believe in that can take the form of a firefly and typically hunts children. As most things do. Most things hunt children. They really love children. The Eastern Cape region has the Impadulu, who takes the form of a large taloned bird. Ooh. And the people of Madagascar tell of the Ramanga, an outlaw or living vampire who drinks blood and apparently eats the nail clippings of nobles. Ew! <laughs> yeah. So over here in the Americas, both mm-hmm. north and south, we have the Lugaru, which is believed to be vampiric. Really? We have some female monsters, such as the Sukayant and the Pastola. Ooh, we love a Pastola. Uh, the Pastola coming from Colombian folklore. We also have the Mapuche of southern Chile. Oh, that's cute. It's probably not, though. The Mapuche of southern Chile have a blood-sucking snake known as the P- the Puken. Ooh, we love a snake. The Aztec mythology describes tales of the Quijatito, uh, skull-faced spirits. Ooh, that Who died amazing. in childbirth, <gasps> who stole children, and uh, did some more distasteful things I'm actually going to leave out. That is spooky. Uh, I need to know. This is it's Halloween. How spooky can it be, Clay? Um, yes. I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> I don't like it at all. We well, are kind of a weenie. Tell, tell us. Entered into sexual liaisons with the living, driving them mad. Oh, okay. But they dealt with children mostly. Oh, that's not okay. Yeah, see. That's... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Asia, as I had mentioned, uh, the Chinese have their own vampire, who I think is probably the creepiest iteration of a vampire. So creepy. The Nakubi is a being whose head and neck detach from its body to fly about seeking human prey. Mm. Uh, And again, all of these creatures are said to feast upon particularly the blood of a human, which lumps them into this category of vampires. Anything that eats blood, drinks blood. You can kind of eat and drink blood at the same time. At both the same hung- time. Both hungry and thirsty. Uh, the Philippines believe in a creature, the Tagalog Mandarugo, Ooh. which uh, is supposed to mean bloodsucker. Pretty ah. aptly named, much like the Chupacabras. Yeah. Although that's bloodsucking, <laughs> blood-sucking like goat feeder or whatever. Right. Goat sucker. Goat sucker. Uh, the Malaysian Penagagalan is a woman who obtained her beauty through the active use of black magic. There's a little bit of overlap between vampires and witches. There really is. I'm seeing that. Sometimes that witches sort of become vampires, I guess, hmm. as their, their dark pack progresses. They ascend. they ascend to a vampire. Don't do that. That's a bad escalation. Some vampires from Indonesia, the Pontiac or the Languisur, which is a woman who died during childbirth and became undead, seeking revenge. All these women dying during childbirth. Oh Lots of gosh. women. In Vietnam, uh, the word used to translate Western vampires, Ma Karong, originally referred to a type of demon that haunts modern-day Phu To province. Uh-huh. I talked about the Chinese vampires. They have their own name. They are called the Jiangxi. We've heard of them. Reanimated corpses that hop around, killing living creatures to absorb specifically their life essence, Qi. Mm-hmm. So not so much blood as just, like, your soul, essentially. Essence. Your Your spirit. They're Skeksis. They need your essence. <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do an episode on Skeksis. Skeksis. So, Clay, everybody has a favorite vampire. Who's your favorite vampire? So I had to think about this one, because I actually don't really like vampires. Really? Yeah. But I do have a couple that 
you know, I I think of when I think vampire, and mm-hmm. like one is David Borealis's Angel. <gasps> yes, of course. I think it's of Borealis. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the Boreanis line. I said his meme name by accident. Yeah, he did. You know, of course, you got Alucard from the Castlevania series. Ooh, love Alucard, too. But I'm going to have to go with Father Night Road from Trinity Blood. I never saw that. Yep. He was a vampire that explicitly fed on other vampires, and he oh. was a priest with the church. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He was a kindly uh, goofball, essentially, oh. but then would get serious when someone he cared about was in danger and, you know, would feast upon <laughs> feast <laughs> upon that person. Well, excuse me, dear. I have to go commit heinous murder. <laughs> BRB. What about yours? So I am with you on Alucard. We love an Alucard. He's a sweet baby, little baby angel, and I love him. Right. You're thinking specifically Netflix series Alucard. Yeah, specifically that Alucard. But, like, he's baby and we love him. I really like Lestat. Because his name is Lestat, and that's really cool. It's fun to say. It's very fun to say Lestat. Fun name to say. Yeah, Lestat Louis. How, like, svelte were those vampires? Like, they were, <laughs> like, beautiful and so erotic. I'm pretty sure everybody's seen an interview with a vampire. Probably has. The book's good, too. I'm that person. I'm always like, well, in the book. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Blah, 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 I know you like that. He does. He, he knows it. He knows this to be a fact. Let's rate vampires. Okay. As a whole. Okay, I was going to say, because there's a lot of variations. A lot of variations. Let's so we're just going to kind of average them together? Yeah. We're going to take the mean together. of the vampire? If we focus on a particular vampire in the future, much like with the chupacabras, then we can focus on those. Oh, dang, it sounds like it's about to storm. Come on, Clay, help me grab all the dogs and let's give them all their brave paws. We'll be right back. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Hi, this is Shay, and I want to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy, Cookie with Shay. I make vegan eating easy and fun. Check it out on Pet Candy TV. How likely are you to survive an encounter with it? Like one to ten. I feel like I stand a pretty good chance against a vampire just because I don't answer the door. Yeah, it's pretty hard to... <laughs> now, if I was, like, walking the streets of New Orleans at night and... Well, just don't do that. Well, I wouldn't do that anyway, but, like, if someone just approached Yeah, because you don't I'd have to worry about vampires on the That's streets true. of New Orleans at night. <laughs> the vampires are probably like, hey, don't go in there. Yeah, they're like, look, I don't want to see you get hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> NOLA vampires are a different breed. <laughs> oh, that's what Lestat and them were, right? Mm-hmm. They live in New Orleans? New Orleans? No, Orleans. <laughs> All right, well, give it a number, one to ten. I feel like I stand a solid eight. Solid eight? Solid eight. Yeah, I'm probably also going to give myself an eight. I mean, they got a laundry list of weaknesses. Yeah. If I knew I was going to be dealing with a vampire, if I had prep time, I don't think a vampire is really going to do it. I I would just go inside and lock the door. Yeah. And put in my earphones and turn up a podcast, like obsessed with the Palmers. You'd be like, can I come in? I'd be like, no. Loser, and then no, slam the nerd. Door. Nerd. I, I'm too nice, though. I would be like, "Hey, vampire, can I get you anything?" The black guy need to use your phone. I'll be like, "No, vampire. <laughs> I'm making coffee. Would you like a coffee?" And you can just chop their heads off. That's pretty universal weakness, or, I guess. Know, yeah, I feel like that would probably kill most things. <laughs> yeah. Or stab them in the heart. I mean, either way, pretty easy. I feel like I could do that. Yeah, so easy, a caveman could do it, and did do it. A caveman did it. Yeah. Which caveman? All of them. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't know vampires were such a problem back then. Yeah. 
Well, they like ebb and flow throughout history. So how creepy is a vampire? Strigoi are creepy AF. Right. But vampires in general. Yeah. So would you say not spooky, spoopy, too spooky for me or three spooky five minutes? Them a spoopy. Give him a, a spoopy. A, a, a solid spoop. I think that I think that's fair. It's fair to give him a spoop. Because if you average them between the Strigoi and then like the cutesy little like Halloween vampires. <laughs> With their slick back hair and their, their capes. And they're so cute. Your big eyes. <laughs> little babies. Yeah, I, I'm going to give them a spoopy too. Yeah. They certainly can be scary. Oh, yeah. There are definitely versions of vampires that are very scary. Absolutely. Uh, but like even just your common run-of-the-mill dirty bloated man. Uh, yeah, that's kind of just gross. Could certainly be real scary. Yeah. Bodies in general are just kind of scary and gross. Scary and gross. How likely is a vampire to exist? One through ten. Well, we know that there are people who identify as identify as vampires. Like, that's, that's really a thing. Okay, well, we didn't cover psych vampires in this. No, we didn't. We can't outside uh, count of, for them. Outside of the vampire community. and uh, We're talking about either a corpse that has riven. Risen? Riven? Uh, a corpse that has risen or a corpse that was filled with evil spirits and has thence risen. I, maybe like a two. <laughs> Give it a two. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say probably one. I yeah. mean, vampires. Well, I don't know. I mean, you've seen the pictures of uh, Keanu Reeves, how old he might actually be. <gasps> Keanu he Reeves. could be a vampire. Keanu Reeves might actually be a vampire. I mean, he's charismatic. Keanu, we love you. You can come inside. <laughs> if Keanu Reeves wanted to come in my house, I would probably still tell him no. Yeah, I'd be like, hurry up and clean. <laughs> Put <laughs> like, the dogs I'm, up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Keanu. It's not. It's not good enough not for good your enough blessed for you. presence. Sit on my porch and I'll bring you coffee. Yeah. How likely are vampires to be aliens? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, how likely is Keanu Reeves to be an alien? <laughs> we'll do an episode on Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah, Keanu Reeves is his own cryptid. Are aliens vampires? Are vampires aliens? <laughs> I didn't ask the other question. I'm thinking about space vampires. Now I'm a little spooked out. Ooh, space, space vampires. Vampires in space. <laughs> Got me a little creeped out now. Yeah, that's a little spooky, isn't it? That is three spooky five me. Yeah, space vampires would be a different thing. Space anything is just a little creepy. Alien vampires. Alien vampires. I mean, there's probably some kind of extraterrestrial out there, but as far as them being vampires, like like, the literary sense. Let me rephrase the how likely are they to be aliens. How likely is it that our mythologies around vampires were formed because of alien activity that we mistook as supernatural? I don't think so. I'd give it probably a two. You give it a two. I'd give it a one. There's no freaking way. <laughs> I just like. I feel like a one is. I don't know. I'm too nice. I can't. I can't. No, nah, there's no way. You can't. You. There's no argument for aliens having created vampires in some way. I like to believe that somewhere there's an alien listening. They're like, I'll show you. Right. And he's just like, all right. I'm gonna give you the creepiest vampire you've ever seen. Creepiest space vampire. Yeah, I'm still speak. I'm still thinking about space vampires. And okay, it's still so all I think about Clay is like the cutesy little Halloween vampire where he's like, Bleh! but he's got like the little fishbowl on his head and he's in space. I'm thinking of like a gray man with long fangs and a distending jaw. Oh, that's terrible! Like an anglerfish in space. Yeah, kind of like a, a space anglerfish that drinks your blood. Okay. And it's like that's what they do when they abduct you. They don't put stuff up your butt. They eat you oh. <laughs> like human cattle. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like that. No, that's kind of creepy. Don't like that either. I like mine better. 
I like yours better, too. <laughs> I could kill yours. <laughs> Mine's sweet. He's a sweet little vampire baby. Because then it's like all the powers of a vampire and a ray gun. Oh, and I can't deal with that. It's <laughs> like, that was my one thing I had on vampires. They don't use guns. <laughs> the more modern ones probably do. Name one. Keanu Reeves. Shit. <laughs> He's actually good with guns. Right? <laughs> He's good at everything. Well... Now you've heard of vampires. I never heard of vampires before this. I didn't think so. I don't think anyone has. No. So we like to take the more unknown, the more niche creatures like vampires. Right. And bring them to you. (laughs) But I know somebody out there has been waiting for me to talk about vampires. Yes. And we're going to talk more about vampires. Vampires aren't over. Forever. I mean, we got to talk about Elizabeth's battery. Yeah. (laughs) She's. If nothing else, we got to talk about her. But uh, we'll talk about the other two. Elizabeth Battery was a bad bitch and not in a good way. Yeah. A known serial killer. Yes. Like a legit, real historical person. Um, And she. If you don't recognize the name, uh, you probably recognize one of her more notable deeds in the whole bathing in the blood of her maids. Yeah. To stay young looking. Right. And Vlad the Impaler, who would have people impaled in front of him for his pleasure. And he would dip his bread in their blood and then eat it. Allegedly. No, he did that. (laughs) No, he like definitely did that. Allegedly. Allegedly. I like to believe that Vlad the Impaler was actually a super nice guy. And he was actually just trying to protect his people. So he like built this mirage of a person over himself to like convince people to not mess with him. Or his people. Or his people, right. Like, don't mess with me. Like, look how crazy I am. Yeah. But inside, he's like, I really hate that I had to do all those things. Yeah. And he's like, aw. Like, he donates to the animal shelter and stuff. Yeah. Because they had those. They had those back then. Go get your mammograms, folks. Yeah, go get your mammograms. All right. We love you. Pet Candy, it's Pet Candy Radio.